I want to take one brief moment to introduce our speaker, Jim Sally. I've got to look at the title. He is the Associate Vice Chancellor for Institutional Advancement for Africa University in Old Mutare, Zimbabwe. Jim has an office in Nashville as well. He is a native of, South, of Orangeburg, South Carolina. Uh, he, is, he is passionate about the ministry that the United Methodist Church began when it cast this vision of, of Africa University. And he will challenge us to take a step of faith. Will you welcome Jim? Thank you. After the choir sang, I was ready. And to tell the truth, uh, Pastor Randy had to kind of hold me back. <laughs> I almost came up here before he did the introduction. We've had a wonderful time here at Fountain City. We've been around since Friday evening. And we want to thank you, uh, Pastor Randy and Mrs. Vicki, for the hospitality you've shown us. and to this congregation and the offices, your uh, clerical staff or, and the members and especially to all of the missioners who have come to be around this weekend. It's wonderful and we thank you in the outset for having a mission weekend. God bless you for this. Let us pray. God, we're so thankful for this day and for the wonderful blessings you've given. We're thankful for Jesus the Christ who came to live and die that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Continue to send the Holy Spirit that it will dwell within each and every one of us as we seek to do the will, your will, in these services. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ, the one who's able to keep us from falling. Amen. Uh, we are happy to have with us Dr. Rhodes Logan, and you heard the pastor say earlier that Rhodes grew up in this church, and he had the privilege just this morning of speaking to the Sunday school class that he used to, uh, that used to shepherd him when he was uh, with us. So thank you, Rhodes, uh, with the United Methodist Church Development Center. And once again, thanks to all of you. Our Scripture for the morning is from the Matthew text. The good news of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. And I will read for our hearing this morning the common English Bible version of the word. From there, Jesus went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the territories came out and shouted, Show me mercy, son of David. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. But he didn't respond to her at all. His disciples came and urged him, Send her away. She keeps shouting out after us. Jesus replied, I've been sent only to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. 
He replied, it is not good to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off their master's table. Jesus, Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then her daughter was healed. And I'd like you to think with me for the next couple of minutes around the topic, keep the faith or keeping the faith. When the Africa Initiative passed in 1988 at the General Conference in St. Louis, Missouri, there were some naysayers. Some said we'd never lay a brick, we'd never build a building, and we'd never graduate a student. Africa University opened its doors in 1992 in renovated farm buildings at Old Mutari, Zimbabwe. Old Mutari at one time was the largest mission site of the United Methodist Church in the world. Forty students were in that inaugural class. Six countries represented. Go to that place today, you will find 1,800 students matriculating on the main campus. We have students who attend classes at night and on the weekends, and that swells our enrollment to around 2,400. There are 48 modern and complete buildings. At the end of the fiscal year, we had a balanced budget, a clean audit, and no debt. They said we'd never graduate a student. We have 8,600 graduates over the 25 years, and We'll graduate another class in June of this year, more than 600 persons that will take our alumni association to more than 9,000 persons. We have an endowment of $77 million invested by the General Board of Higher Education and Ministry of the United Methodist Church. And we come this morning to say thank you Fountain City United Methodist Church and other congregations around the U.S. for being the church, not only in this community, but the church in the world. Thank you once again for being an open-handed church, not a closed-fist church. If you, I, 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 I use the demonstration that when your hands are open, you send things out, but you're also available to receive. When you have a fisted hand, or what I call fisted churches, nothing goes out, nothing comes in. I'm happy to say you're in open-handed churches, and we praise God and sing the doxology because of you. There are 1.2 billion people living on the continent of Africa, and more than half of them are below the age of 19. We say Africa is the youngest continent on the planet, and I would even dare say that it's one of the most hopeful continents. In today's interconnected world, the gospel imperative to love your neighbor as yourself and to be your brother's keeper is more important than ever. Brokenness, hopelessness, and lack in any part of the world must be a concern for us all when you package 40,000 meals in one afternoon 
here at this congregation, you have concern for persons around the world. These meals do not stay in the Fountain City community. They're going around the world. The mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples for the transformation of the world in the name of Jesus Christ. And you are doing that when you have this three-day mission celebration. There are a lot of people who have been displaced because they are refugees and displaced people all around the world. In sub-Saharan Africa, 4.5 million people are refugees today, and there are more than 11 million displaced people living in sub-Saharan Africa. At your Africa University, we have a tradition, a history, and it's sort of in our DNA now that we take in refugees because immediately down the road from the university on the Nyanga Road is a refugee camp and it's housing today 10,000 people. It was set up to house 4,000 in 1991, but the ranks have now swollen to 10,000 and Africa University receives students from the Tongagora refugee camp. Some of these students have lived all of their lives in the refugee camp down the road from AU. Some of them have been fortunate enough to gain entry to Africa University and then receive scholarships. And you have indirectly helped pay for the education of some of these students. There's a young lady who graduated from the university with a social sciences degree and was fortunate enough to receive a scholarship and come back and enroll in the Institute of Peace, Leadership and Governance and receive a master's degree in good governance. And so Jeanette did her theses on refugees and displaced people. Jeanette and another young lady, incidentally, Jeanette comes from the East Africa country of Rwanda. Jeanette and another young lady defended their theses and passed the course. And we are happy to report to you today that at our March meeting, just a couple of weeks ago, the Africa University Board of Directors approved and what is already approved now by the Zimbabwe Commission on Higher Education, a master's degree in immigration and refugee protection, as well as a PhD degree in, those, in that same discipline. It will be one of the first degrees of this kind on the continent of Africa and by far the first in sub-Saharan Africa. It's a perfect example of what the people of God will do and can do when they decide that they will be the church in the world. Jeanette received a scholarship from local churches in the United States, two scholarships, and her thesis has now become or became the genesis for a program in immigration and refugee protection. 
It's a classic example of Africa doing for Africa. Africans solving problems that affect Africa on a daily basis. And so we come this morning to thank you for Jeanette. We also come this morning to thank you for Dr. Job Akuni, who at an early age was abducted by a rebel group in Uganda and became a child soldier and was fighting a United Methodist institution that retrenches child soldiers in Uganda, recovered Job Akuni. He received the scholarship to matriculate at Africa University, and he did, obtaining a degree in peace, leadership, and governance. Dr. Job Akuni, this former child soldier now, is the executive director and head of research department of advocates for research and development at the Africa Union. And he's the major troubleshooter and advocate for peace elections, fair and free elections in countries around the continent of Africa. Only the God that we serve could take a Ugandan boy, child soldier, fighting in a rebel war against his will, retrench him, put him back into society, send him to school at Africa University, and now he's one of the primary people, not only on the continent of Africa, but in the world now mediating free and fair elections in countries around the world. We come this morning to say keep the faith. God will show up. God will seek you out. And that's what happens in the text of today. It's classic Jesus. He left Galilee and Capernaum and went to Phoenicia, where he preached in Tyre and Sidon. He encountered a woman who was desperate and serious because she had a child who was ailing. She needed help. The disciples told Jesus, send her away. She's bothering us. Jesus did not speak to her, but when he spoke, he said something that really touched me. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But Jesus was in Canaan land now, speaking with a woman, and the Canaanite people historically were outcasts. Some of them were refugees. They were, uh, one commentary said, they were a mixed breed of people. But here is Jesus up here now talking to a Phoenician woman. Once again, it's classic Jesus Christ seeking people out. Listen to what the woman says when she 
does not get a response from Jesus. But when Jesus finally responds, he said in Jim Sally language, we're not supposed to give our food to the dogs, but she says, yes, sir. But even dogs receive the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Again, classic Jesus. It's a test of the woman. And when he hears her response, verse 28 says, Woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then and there, her daughter was healed. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We have a mandate. The world is our parish. John Wesley said the world was his parish. That's our mandate. To go into all the, the world and make disciples for Jesus Christ. And you're doing that in establishing Africa University. The first thing. I want to say to you about this text with this woman and Jesus. The woman knew who Jesus was. She ap approached and, and addressed him as son of David. She knew who he was. Second, Jesus knew her. He left his area to go to Canaanite country. He wasn't even supposed to be there to perform this miracle. But it helps us understand to know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is free, free and given to all who will hear. Jesus went there to teach a lesson. We are to make disciples of all people, regardless of where they come from, not just in the U.S. or places where we are comfortable going, but we should go into all the world as we have done with Africa University. And today, if you're in trouble, Jesus will seek you out. It's a promise. Stand on the promises of God. He will seek you out. Whatever it is that you are going through, build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hands. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Third, when tested, stay the course. The woman had faith in God and Jesus worked the miracle because of that faith. Again, it's textbook Jesus. He knew what he was going to do from the beginning. He knew where he was going to go. He knew he would meet that woman and Jesus, the believers, the thing that binds us all together. This congregation, as well as other congregations around the world, people who call themselves the body of Christ, Christians, the tie that binds us together is our belief in Jesus Christ. Stay the course. Keep the faith. The gospel is not only for the Jews but Gentiles also. People on the continent of Africa are responding to the message and the saving grace of Jesus Christ stronger than any place else in the world. And we're taught here that God's mercy was given to us and we should show mercy to others. 
Even if they don't live next door to us, why should Fountain City confess, continue to invest in Africa University and other mission programs like the ones you are um, experiencing this weekend? Appropriate investments in education are crucial to helping African nations take their rightful place in the world economy. Many of Africa University's alumni come from homes where they're first-generation college graduates. Many are serving in key leadership roles continent-wide. We told you about Jeanette. We told you about Dr. Job. And incidentally, Jeanette has enrolled in that PhD program that she helped start. One of the first enrollees in that program, it started up in March. And she's one of the first persons to enroll in that program. That's why we should invest in Africa University and other ministries and missions outside of this congregation and this local community. Your investment today ensures an open door to life-changing skills for thousands more and directly affect countless persons around the globe. Keep the faith, Fountain City. You're going to make a faith promise in a minute. And I asked the pastor to tell me something about that faith promise, and he did. I wish all churches would um, ask their members to make a faith promise for missions. I was in Zimbabwe on a visit to the university and came out of the door of the Monomatapa Hotel, downtown Harare. And right around the corner from the hotel, there's a brick wall that uh, is in front of the Presbyterian Church in Harare, First Presbyterian Church, Harare. And I heard the singing before I got to the person who was singing, and it was a blind man with a little green bowl in his hand, and he was begging, a beggar, blind beggar, with his back against the wall, and he was asking for help. And I saw him as I walked down the sidewalk, and there was something happening in my head, something on the left side was saying, you've got a lot of money in your pocket, Jim, give the man some money. Something on the right side was saying, he's a beggar, that's how he makes his living, he's a panhandler passing by. All of this happened in a matter of seconds. The left side was saying, give, the, the right side was saying, nope, don't give. And just as I became even with the blind man, he was on my right, a little hand came across in front of me, and I looked down, and a $1 coin at that time dropped in the bowl. Boom! And it looked as if that $1 coin covered the entire bottom of the bowl. You know it didn't cover the bottom of the bowl. But something was happening to me, and I looked to my left, and there was a little street boy with the prettiest brown eyes I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing what will happen to you when your conscience is whipping you to death and somebody steps up in front of you and this little brown, this little boy and he had on brown pants and a, 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 a multicolored top and he was barefooted but he put a dollar 
in the beggar's bowl, and I kept walking. I was going to the chemist, and in British language, and in Zimbabwe, that's the drugstore. I had to go to the drugstore into the city center. So I went on about my business to the drugstore. I purchased what I needed, but I was being whipped to death. And so I ran back out of the drugstore. I ran to the wall looking for the blind man, but the blind man was gone. And uh, I went up and down the street trying to find him, but he was gone. And then I saw the street boy, and I could see him just as clearly right now. This happened about 10 years ago. I could see him just as clearly right now. And he was sitting on the edge of the street and he was eating a piece of bread. And he looked at me and he smiled. And I went on back to the Monomatapa Hotel, checked in, high-level United Methodist Church official. At that time, the Zimbabwe currency was in place. I had a lot of Zimba dollars, a lot of U.S. dollars in my pocket. But what touched me so was the street boy was eating a piece of bread. And at that time, Pastor Fry, a loaf of bread in Zimbabwe currency was 70 cents. And then I knew and I will always remember today that God's work will be done whether Jim Sally does it or not. God will use a street boy to get the work of the Lord done. The street boy gave a dollar. A loaf of bread cost 70 cents. He gave more, but he was fed also. And so I tell you that story to simply say to you, if I never say anything else, if you never hear anything else I say, keep the faith. God will show up. Whether I show up or not, Jesus went to see this Canaanite woman to deliver her to help us understand that the gospel is free. Now God wants us to give out of our own free will, but if we don't, God's work will be done whether we do it or not. Given it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing will be placed in your lap. For the more you give, the more you will receive. Africa University, Jeanette, Dr. Job are prime examples of your giving to the church, giving to God making disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world and we do it unashamedly we do it because we are the church we're the church not just in Fountain City we're the church in the world God bless you